on maynard.com.au. The pre-show is taking place right now. The moment when there's ruffling. We are not actually at the Madame Fufu Cafe. At this moment, we are in the Ferguson Fortress of Arrogance. A complete ice wall surrounds this fortress. And no bad vibes get in, or criticism for that matter. Quiet, please, I can hear you. It's Bunga Bunga! 42 with Maynard and... Special Come and See Us Tuesday Night Edition. Oh, I've waited for this. To come and see... I don't know what that spells, but the acronym can't be good. Wow. Tuesday night. Bunga Bunga 42, ahead of the live show. Tim, you must be excited about what's coming up. I was born excited, and now I've reached fever pitch. We're doing Bunga Bunga live in front of a live studio audience at the Harold Park Hotel. I don't know what will I wear. Maybe nothing. Too much. And we want our Patreons to come along because our Patreons will receive a standing ovation from the crowd. Even if it's just one of you, send a proxy along. Come on, we want to see you there. It's going to be fun. I won't give a standing ovation because I'm in a wheelchair. There are some who call me... Tim. Coming up in this show, we'll have... And we'll have... And Tim, what would you like to point out? I think we should have a lot more of this. For me to poop on! Unfortunately, that's not possible right now. And boys and girls, that's exactly what they did. Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what have you been up to? I've been running around Australia, went to WA with the Doug Anthony All-Stars... We went to Albany, which is a place pronounced Albany, which is a mispronunciation. Probably has bad karma because it used to be a big whaling town. Paul Livingston was looking for some whale oil for his candles in his house. They, He's such a cheapskate. <laughs> yeah, they don't have it anymore, but they've got plenty of tuna. Then we went up to Geraldton, which is, well, it's a town so good it was named after a guy called Gerald. And then we went down to Perth. Any time for relaxation during that? Did you go to any wineries? No, we don't have fun when we're on tour. It's all work. We went to a radio station, which was a hut in WA. There were four different stations in the same building, so someone's making a lot of money. One of these commercial stations where they try and get you on to do your routine. Oh, yeah, and trying to get the Doug Anthony All-Stars to do a routine is like three little old ladies to stand on one foot at the same time. (laughs) We're not that organised. Was there a signifier of being in Western Australia where we went, oh, yeah, here we are? Yes, bare feet. People in WA walk around with bare feet. like Subiaco. And they stare at stuff and they stare and they kind of move their feet around and occasionally they wriggle their toes. Then they go, oh, and then they shuffle off to the next corner. It's a fascinating part of the world. Not much news here from me. You have the charisma of a damp rag. On Tuesday night, Simon Day will be joining us on stage as a guest. We're going to have a chat to Simon Day about his rat cat career. Rat cat. Let's listen to a few seconds of rat cat. Don't know I will be dying. Of course, one of my favourite versions is the one they recorded live where they took out Simon's vocals, so all you can hear is 2,000 screaming girls singing their song with them playing the backing.
One of those girls is out of tune, but the rest very good. Talk about guilty secrets. Let's get into some crank mail. You, do, do you get do you get the crank mail? Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Tim, some sort of urinating noise there. It sounds like urinating, but in fact, it is Cory Bernardi's tears. Cory Bernardi doesn't cry slowly over a period of years. He does it the way born-again Christians do. What happens is the tears build up and then they release in a sound like this. I'm more interested in the health of the body politic and the well-being going forward than I am about redefining marriage. Thanks very much, Corey. Sorry that you're crying. We know what you're crying about. And, of course, we're not allowed to say what it is. Crank mail. Crank mail from Jeff Permy of Udella here. And he wants to know, is the potato also a weapon? Oh, by George, yes. Oh, by George, yes, the potato is a weapon. Uh, There were the potato riots of Dublin in 1842 where potatoes were hurled in great numbers at the police who then shot back with bullets. A slightly more effective response. Tim, this has implications on Australia's war on terror. There's whole areas of Australia that will have to be fenced off because of the potato menace. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a Star Wars film? Yes, The Potato Menace was, in fact, supposed to be the Star Wars film. But they said it's just not believable. (laughs) Because the one they came up with, much more realistic, more like a documentary. And a talking potato saying, gosh, you hit a bush, just was a little bit silly. So they came up with Ewoks. If you have a potato gun and access to potatoes, that could lead to... A potato bomb. That's right, a potato bomb. And, of course, the potato bong of Tasmania is very popular. And if you see the police, you put the potato straight in the oven. Oh, we're just, just doing the roast. News coppers always coming around here looking for our potato. You'll never take us alive. Uh, I'm actually really hungry. That's how it goes down in Tasmania. How does it go down at your place, Maynard? We like the Orchie Bong. We've actually been saving Orchie bottles from the 70s for as long as possible. It's amazing. The new ones don't work, but the 70s ones are fantastic. In South Australia, they've got a thing called Nippies Orange Juice. Oh, yeah. And it's full of all the, what is it, the granules, the bit. It was until there was a problem. There was a problem there. They used to be non-pasteurised orange juice. Nippies was non-pasteurised. And something as simple as a bird pooped on an orange or something, and because it wasn't pasteurised and it didn't go through the right process, and it did taste better, I'll give it that, a, a little baby got very ill and might have died from what's in bird poop. And since that point, they've always pasteurised the Nippies juice, so it's not the same as it used to be in the 80s, Tim. Well, thank you, nature lovers. <laughs> I always said if we killed all the birds in South Australia, we'd have better orange juice. <laughs> I remember you saying that. I wish the fuck Ferguson would shut up about the orange juice in South Australia. That was one of your platforms for election. Nippies was very special. It's very sad about that child, and you don't want that to happen. But for God's sake, can't we have a choice? Can't people be given a choice with the non-pasteurised orange juice with extra bird shit? Hey, hang on, we've just got someone from the Food Council of Australia. What do you think? You're a selfish, rude, arrogant prick. I think we'll have to take that as a no, Tim. I think that's definitely negatory, but it sounds like the accent is from Adelaide. You can tell how he did get elected to the Food Council of Australia with such strong opinions and a voice like that. Boy, 
You're a crock of shit. Well, where else are you going to put such a person? When that guy writes a memo, you listen. You listen, you tune in. The only other place that person could really do some damage is the Department of Defence. The Indonesians are invading. You're basically pretty stupid. That'd work. Oh, yeah, highly effective. (laughs) Oh, no, North Korea has just dropped a nuclear weapon on us. You're basically pretty Crank mail. We want you to bring your crank mail along to the Harold Park Hotel on Tuesday night. We want you to bring potential historical hypotheticals, which it is right now. It's time to put Tim into an important place in Australian history and say, so, what would you have done, smartass? Are you ready, Tim? I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared at all. I didn't know this was going to be happening today. I had no idea. The year is 1910. 1910, I knew we'd be walking into that year eventually. The place, Victoria, Australia. A major thing happened on Thursday the 8th of December. Geelong was proclaimed from a town to a city. If you're in charge of proclaiming Geelong something on the 8th of December 1910, Tim, what would you have proclaimed Geelong as? I would have proclaimed it as Central Business District of Melbourne. Just to confuse people and to lighten up the traffic, there's always going to be a stupid bunch of drivers who would end up going to Geelong trying to find the town hall. I would have done that or just called it Torquay. Again, to confuse the surfies. You've expanded the area of Melbourne there by about four times. The farm I owned outside of Melbourne is going to be a suburb pretty soon. All through Craigieburn, all around Whittlesea and that hole in the ground, all covered up by JC Holmes. Tim has solved the enigma of Geelong being proclaimed anything by proclaiming it the capital of Victoria. Good on you, Geelong. Geelong's the best Geelong I've ever been to. That's the kind of thing we want you to bring along for Tim. Put him in a place in anywhere in international history. One of my favourite jokes that the audience did not regard as a favourite. Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? There was a sign entering Geelong that said, put Geelong first, which I always thought was a mistake. It should surely be Geelong first put. Why can't they live up to what they're ordering? (laughs) Nobody ever laughed unless they were from Geelong and they'd seen the sign. I always get a huge laugh and I just see welcome to Newcastle. Like the irony. (laughs) I hate you! I hate you more! So that's what we'll be looking for if you come along on Tuesday night because we want you in the audience to yell stuff out. I'll be running out in the audience, running around there. We'll be recording the show for, for legal reasons. Also, the bug out bag will actually make an appearance. The bug out bag. Call it, Tim. What is a bug out bag? You've got to call it, Tim, until we talk about it. What's in Maynard's bug out bag? A bug out bag is something that you would take with you if you weren't coming back. If you were a member of the CIA in Lebanon, perhaps, and you heard that things hadn't gone well, you go out and you have false passport, some local cash, and a forty-five with a couple of bullets. Or if you're living in downtown Geelong when it was a town, you find out it's going to be a city. You've got to get out of town fast. You've just got to have a bag full of all the stuff you need, the survival stuff, your passport, your gummy bears, and, of course, <laughs> let's not forget your beret. Hello, everyone. Do you think we've spotted the CIA station chief here in Glebe yet, Tim? 
There are several retired ones. We saw one at the chemist this afternoon. Oh, that's right. He looked like the major who used to live in the uh, Faulty Towers with John Cleese. He's one of the people who I speak to in Glebe. His name's Bob. He's the kind of guy who will tell a story about how just the other day he was saying to Bernie Sanders, you know, straighten up and fly right, you bastard. And Bernie Sanders laughed and that would be, that'll be all. And then Bob will just move on in the conversation. I think he assumes... I know who he is. Not Bob Hawke, is it? That's what the eyebrows are about. Uh, Spotted in the chemist, Bob Hawke. Let's hear it for Bob. Aren't you, Bob? But what's in Maynard's bug at? Bad look at that, Tim. I'll even let you hold that. Would you like to explain to the audience, once you work out what it is, what's in Maynard's bug at bag? It's Captain Kirk... It's a wallet made out of a Star Trek 1970s cartoon. So it is, and it's got captions. Your captain is a fool, says a no-doubt evil person. <laughs> it's funny, from this angle, it looks like it says your captain is a poo. That's right. How long would it last if you used it being made out of cartoon paper? I don't know. I can see a glaring contradiction, Maynard. Ask me what it is. What's a glaring contradiction in my Star Trek wallet made out of cartoon paper? The listeners know, you know and I know... <laughs> There is no money in Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek is beyond currency where everybody lives in a Marxist utopia. Although the Ferengi seem to have something going on with currency, with their Latinum. That's why we don't trust the Ferengi. As you've heard me and Tim talk about, get into the Orville. I really like the Orville more than the new Star Trek series because it's dark and it's trying to be everything to everybody where the Orville's just trying to copy next gen and put some jokes in. It's very good. Seth MacFarlane, he plays the straight man in the centre of the whole thing, much like the character of Brian in Family Guy, again playing the straight guy in the centre. The stories are very interesting and very modern. Well, that's what's in my bug out bag. Uh, A Star Trek wallet. We've only got time to thank one patron this week, and that is Victoria, who has increased the amount that she's donating to us each month. And I'd like to thank you for that, Victoria. We have one person drop out because of financial circumstances, and we understand that because we're in those circumstances ourselves, so I know I am. We understand that perfectly, and we just hope that as soon as you have just the slightest bit of financial traction that you're back under the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Maynard. And thank you, Victoria, for increasing the amount. We really appreciate it. We really need it this month. And that's part of the reason we're doing live shows. But I'm going out backwards. And that's not a metaphor. Look at my glasses. You did notice, Tim, that I've only got one stem of my glasses because the other ones are broken and I can't get it fixed. I thought you'd snapped it off because you're just so fashionable. Ah, you always want to be outside hipster. the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, hipster. You're a bit like Colonel Clink, except slightly more organised. And a big shout-out to Ben Jose Balmain, who helped us out today. We were in the middle of Balmain, completely unable to film ourselves due to our own stupidity. Ben stepped in and helped us and got us that video you see on the Bunga Bunga Facebook page. Balmain. People walking around, it's like, I know those shorts are sailing shorts. They're from a sailing shop. They're not just a pair of stubbies you picked up in Woolies. And then out of the blue comes Ben, our hero. I knew he would be able to fix all our problems because he's a millennial. He gets it. Tuesday night at the Harold Park Hotel. If it goes well, we will do another one. If it doesn't go well, you may never hear from us again. Now, gentlemen, I suggest we take a break. It's time 
to ask Tim Ferguson what he thinks. Not that you ever really have to ask him. Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Over to Tim. The crisis, scandal, furor, outrage, conundrum posed by the nationality and dual citizenship of our politicians is consternating. That's right, it's consternating people in Australia who are apparently all very upset. I'm from Djibouti. Oh, come on. You people (laughs) and you listening, I'm sure, have said something like this. Oh, look, it's silly. We live in a multicultural nation. It doesn't make any sense that people should be thrown out of their employment as politicians or otherwise simply because their grandmother wrote their name down on a form which just has survived in the old country that they've come from. And you think, well, that's pretty reasonable. We are from all the world, you know, whatever that song says. I'm too sexy for my pants. What one? The Australian song. And I don't really care that Jackie Lambie's father was from Scotland. That means he was a drunk. That's true, yeah. And But Christina Keneally, former Premier of New South Wales, she said Australians fill in forms every day. They tick the box that says, I hereby promise that everything I have agreed to in the above is a factual and full account and you sign your name. And if you get it wrong or if you tell a fib for Medicare, for Centrelink, for getting a licence, for getting a parking permit, for getting whatever the hell it is where you tick the yes box, you just get into trouble. Nobody calls up and says, so did you know? Were you unaware? How can we help? So she said politicians have to be held by the same standard. The fact that they didn't know and the fact that they hadn't worked it out is immaterial. If they were ordinary citizens, they would just be fined. The bottom line is, let them stew. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. If they haven't filled in the forms, bugger them. What are we doing sitting around saying, oh, no, but it's going to cost us a fortune in by-elections? It's not going to cost you a fortune in by-elections, dear listener. Let's let them stew. Let by-elections be by-elections, that's what you're saying. Yes, let them pass by-elections. Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Thanks, Tim. That's really clouded the whole whole issue for us. There is one person in New South Wales that the law does not apply to. There's one person? Frank Bennett, our favourite lounge singer. Well, I walk right through the door. I walk right through the door. Hey, all right. He was in court recently in front of a magistrate because he, his car registration was a couple of days out. I read this on Facebook. He wrote it, so I'm sure it's perfectly true, like everything on Facebook. Oh, everything. Everything. So he was in the middle of giving a long explanation in that a friend bought his registration for him and only bought six months and didn't tell him. He was in the middle of that long explanation when the magistrate noticed that his registration was only four days over and he didn't realise why the police fined him anyway and let him go. Free to go. The magistrate bent the law? No, I think he interpreted the law, Tim. This is outrageous. I think the High Court needs to be called and we just have some, have to have some black letter law. Look, just get a bunch of people, put wigs on them and just do whatever they say. Bloody people. 
And if this is the kind of thing you want to have put into your brain, Harold Park, half past seven, next Tuesday night, our first live Bunga Bunga, possibly our last. Be great to see you there. You can get tickets online through maynard.com.au or try booking. Just look for the Festival of Dumb Ideas. Bring your own dumb idea. Bring your own question. Bring your own heckle. I know this kid will be here. (laughs) Hang on. I've just got something in my ear. Oh, no, it's Tim. Tony Abbott has claimed that even a 40% no vote for the gay marriage law understanding conundrum opinion poll is a moral victory. Well, Tony, have you heard of what moral victories are? They don't have to be popular to anybody. Zero percent, in fact, can be a moral victory. So pull your head out of whatever it's in and start doing the maths. You lost. You know you lost. God chose the yes voters. Move on, you squirrel-headed gump. Damn you. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, see you next Tuesday. (laughs) Hang on. Oh, yeah. This has been Bunga Bunga 42. My name's Maynard. And his name's Maynard. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk. On the catwalk, yeah, I shake my little tush on the catwalk. I'll let it go. I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it hurts. I'm too sexy for Milan, too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan. I said... Maynard.com.au AU Bryson and Hume Everything digital